I was tired, didn't really look at the receipt as I was paying, and I used my debit card to pay. And the next uh, few days later, I checked my bank account, and I noticed that the taxi cab had overcharged me. It was like a $15 fare, and there was something like $50 taken out of my bank account. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hello, financial grown-up friends. We have all been there. We're tired. We just want to get home. And we don't want to look at the bill all that closely. Okay, sometimes we don't even look at the bill at all. And then we sign. And then, of course, we don't even keep the receipt. But for our guest, that had consequences one time. And it was a big learning lesson. Welcome, everyone. Special thank you to our new listeners. Thanks for checking out the show. I would love to hear how you heard about us. So please DM me and let me know on Instagram at BobbyRebel1, on Twitter at BobbyRebel, or you can email at hello at financialgrownup.com. Now to our guest, Maria Aspen is an award-winning journalist and the editor at large of Inc. Magazine. Her new book is called Startup Money Made Easy, answers to all your questions about starting, running, and growing your business. Great material for business owners, but also a lot of eye-opening info for all of us just to apply to how we access money for anything that we need in our lives. Maria also shared a great money story that may surprise you with how it played out. Here is Maria Aspen. Hey, Maria Aspen, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bobby. It's so much fun to be here. Congratulations on your new book. You're editor-at-large at Inc., and you have a new book, Startup Money Made Easy. Inc. answers all your financial questions about starting, running, and growing your business. And what I love about this is that it focuses on something a lot of people ignore in books for entrepreneurs. They focus on the building of the actual service or product, but a lot of the times it comes down to money. Yeah. I mean, money is just such a part of every single decision you make throughout your business from startup to growing to selling it and retiring. So we really tried to take just sort of an accessible and fun approach to something that can seem really daunting and and somewhat like financial and high tech. It, we just tried to make it very easy and and if possible, fun. Definitely. Well, it's definitely exciting and fun when you're successful raising money. But we're going to talk, we're going to pivot a little bit and do your money story, which has to do with spending money and how you facilitate that. A lot of people are very wary of credit cards these days. And for good reason, there are a lot of dangers of credit cards. But you actually had an experience earlier in your life where you learned the merits of credit cards. Tell us your funny story, Maria. <laughs> That's right. I am a financial reporter who is very pro credit card. Um, to your point, debit cards, they allow you to control your spending and you uh, to budget more. But as I also discovered when I was uh, 20 something who had actually just started reporting on credit cards and debit cards, uh, you don't have a lot of protections with debit cards when somebody uses your cards for fraud. And this was a kind of everyday story. I was coming home from a work event. I had taken a cab. It was the end of the night. I was tired. Didn't really look at the receipt as I was paying. I used my debit card to pay. 
And the next uh, few days later, I checked my bank account and I noticed that the taxi cab had overcharged me. It was like a $15 fare and there was something like $50 taken out of my bank account from hmm. my debit card. We're hoping you wouldn't notice that, of course. <laughs> Again, financial reporter. <laughs> yeah, they picked the wrong person. <laughs> well, I think they probably picked many people, but they finally picked the wrong person and got caught. But what was really infuriating was that I, I complained to my bank. My bank was like, well, do you have the receipt? Because otherwise we can't, it's your word versus theirs, and we can't give you the money back. Didn't have the receipt, lost that $50. I realized then that I had to start applying some of the lessons that I'd been learning about the credit card industry, that even though it's really easy to get in over your head with credit cards, they're also basically an interest-free 30-day loan if you pay them off at the end of the month. And any money that gets taken out is the bank's money, not yours, until you pay that bill. So I actually had recently, I had signed up for like a free trial month for a subscription service, one of those fashion subscription services. And I canceled the trial at the end of the month and they didn't process it. A few days later on my credit card this time, bill for $175 showed up. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, I did I did not spend $175 on, on that. But this time I was able to complain to my credit card company and actually to the subscription service. They reversed the charge and it was credited back to my account before I had to pay any bills. So I never had to put out that money, even though they overcharged me, the bank had it covered. Right, because credit cards work very differently from debit cards in these kinds of situations. Yes, and they basically are a loan, and the credit card company is the one who's fronting you the cash, and also the credit card company has more obligations to cover you in the case of fraud, whereas with debit cards and bank accounts, there are many fewer protections for consumers in the case of fraud. And I think that's something that's gotten lost in all the backlash about credit cards is that while debit cards do offer a lot of benefits, especially for young people that are first learning to manage their money, there are limitations. There's also a big danger to debit cards. There is. And there's also the fact that using a debit card doesn't necessarily help you build credit, which can be important when you're working up to getting a mortgage or a car loan, or um, in the case of a lot of the entrepreneurs that we talk to, a business loan. You know, if you're using a credit card and paying it off every month and creating a record and a credit history, that can really help you down the road in getting a cheaper loan when you need it. So what is the lesson from this money story for our listeners? Uh, apply for a credit card and use one responsibly. <laughs> I, I will say that mm -hmm. I, I try to put all of pretty much all of my spending on my credit cards, but I also set up a lot of alerts. I check my balances. I have alerts set up so that I get a text message if there's an online transaction or a foreign transaction or a transaction above a certain amount. So I'm just alerted if, if I'm in New York, but suddenly my credit card is buying $500 worth of material in Russia. Um, it's, it's a sign that something is wrong. <laughs> I think that's a big sign. Absolutely. Yes. And of course, I pay it off every single month. And I would say that's probably the biggest lesson about using credit cards is 
don't use them to get into more debt than you can afford to repay regularly. Absolutely. And also, they're a way to track your spending and know what is going on. You can quickly scan and know what you spent versus if you're using cash, then you have to actually write down what you're doing. The credit card takes care of that for you. So I think that's a good benefit as well. Actually, since we're coming up on tax time, I should say that it really makes doing my taxes easier because at the end of every year, I download my credit card's annual report and I just have a I have a list of all the different expenses that I made, which is something that paying in cash doesn't give you. And they also categorize them, which is nice, which is something entrepreneurs can really use. Let's talk about your everyday money tip because it's something that's for happy occasions, but can be a challenge for many people. Yes. So my my tip has to do with my friends getting married and all of the fun events that happen around other people's weddings, but also all of the expenses that are incurred. A few years ago, my circle of friends started getting married. I started being asked to be in weddings, which of course involves bridesmaid dresses. Uh, not, which you always wear again. Which you always wear again. Always, always. Always so flattering and made out of such great material and totally yes. worth the three hundred dollars or so. It is a lot, actually. I didn't. I haven't been a bridesmaid in a while, but three hundred bucks is a lot of cash for an often one-time wear. It really is, yeah. And they're even if you, they're only one-time wear, they're made out of this cheap, gross fabric that's just not super comfortable, even for that one night. <laughs> Testing for your friendship, definitely, and not to mention, not to mention all of the. The wedding showers and the bachelorettes and the gifts and these are all wonderful things that I'm that I'm happy to help my friends celebrate. But to your point, testing the friendship, they get to be very expensive. And there was one year when I had three or four such weddings sort of staring me down at the end of the summer. And I realized that this was going to be several thousand dollars that I didn't want to have to pay for all at once. So I set up a separate online savings account and just put $50 a week into it towards weddings. I think I started this in January. By the time September came along, that didn't necessarily cover all of the expenses, but it helped cover a lot of them. And I felt absolutely no guilt cleaning out that savings account to, to cover all of the bills from these different weddings. It cushioned the blow. It really did. And and now I've, I've kept that savings account up. Um, I've been a bridesmaid less, but now I've renamed it Vacation Weddings. So I use it for like plane tickets or fancy meals out every once in a while. And it's a lot of fun. And guilt-free. Let's talk about your book, Startup Money Made Easy, which, as I said at the beginning, I love because it focuses on the fact that a lot of entrepreneurs really spend the majority of their time dealing with getting cash to fund the business, even though they may romanticize the idea that they're going to be actively running the day-to-day -day business. That's often takes a backseat to the need for cash. And what I found interesting that you talk about here is the fact that many entrepreneurs are limited in their options and often end up getting money through means that are really not the best. Right. One of the things that we find when we talk to entrepreneurs at Inc. is that even though venture capital gets all of the headlines and, and VC-backed startups in Silicon Valley are the, the most prominent ones, most of the entrepreneurs we talk to use their savings or ask friends and family members or use credit cards or tap their retirement accounts to get their businesses off the ground. Which we think of as almost, you know, oh, you shouldn't do that. The truth is that is the reality and that many people do that. And we hear for every story that we hear of people that 
cashed out their 401k and took out a second mortgage on their home and then they made it big. There are a lot of people that do that and then suffer the consequences. Yeah, we absolutely don't recommend cashing out your 401k, but it's very much often what happens. And the other thing is just we talk to many more entrepreneurs that just use regular loans versus VC. So whether it's credit cards, to to go back to the beginning of this, or applying for a bank loan, which can be, it can take so much time and be so tedious with paperwork, but it's like the best interest rate you're going to get anywhere versus a credit card or an online loan. Or asking friends and family for money is is another way that a lot of people gather the money together to get their business off the ground. So is that your advice for entrepreneurs? I mean, where is the best way to fund your big idea? I would say my first piece of advice would be to figure out how much money you need. And it may not, it may not be very much. We've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs who start their businesses for less than $5,000, but figure out roughly how much money you need. Maybe write a business plan. It's, it's not fun, but it'll help you get your plans in order. And then figure out how you can gather that money together. You might want to work on your business part-time until you've figured out cash flow and the business is making enough money to support you because that's the other thing that we find when we talk to a lot of the CEOs of the most successful private companies in America. We we pull the Inc. 5000 CEOs every year. Only 28% of them said they started paying themselves a salary immediately upon starting their business. 31% waited for a year before they started paying themselves. So if you can't afford to go a year or more without paying yourself a salary from your business, maybe don't make it a full-time endeavor until until you've got it all figured out. Wow. Lots of great advice and great advice in the book, Startup Money Made Easy. Tell us where people can find out more about you, the book, and all that good stuff. Thanks so much, Bobby. You can find the book on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Audible. You can go to startupmoneymadeeasy.com to find a whole list of sellers. And you can find me on Twitter or at my website, uh, mariaaspen.com. And my Twitter handle is the same. All right, friends, let's do this. Financial grown-up tip number one. Choose the lesser of two evils. I agree with Maria. And absolutely, I do not recommend cashing out a 401k. But if you are going to go for that cash in that retirement account, and I'm reminding you, that is for your retirement. But if you're going for it anyway, look into borrowing from the 401k instead of just taking the money out. You can usually borrow up to $10,000 or 50% of the vested balance up to $50,000. At least with a loan, you are paying interest to yourself. Just be aware that if you leave the company, you have to repay it. And the time you are paying back the loan, by the way, even if you're still at the company, many companies don't allow you to also contribute to that 401k. So then that is a lost opportunity cost because those years when you're focused on paying back the loan, the loan money is not earning interest and growing for your retirement. And you're also not putting new money into the 401k for your retirement. So try not to do it at all. But if you're going to do it, the loan, depending on the terms that your company allows in line with the IRS rules probably better than just taking the money out, but try to not do it. Financial grown-up tip number two. If you set up a separate account to save for events like weddings or for vacations, as Maria does, be sure to automate the deposit so it actually keeps happening. 
All right, before we wrap up, I want to invite all of you to check out my new podcast with my friend, Joe Salcihai of Stacking Benjamins. It is called Money in the Morning. We take two recent headlines, talk about what we can learn from them to improve our own personal finance situation, to improve our own lives, and to learn from it about investing, about saving, and all that good stuff. And we keep it light by taping it live on Facebook, complete with audience participation. So I hope some of you will join us. You can see a taping. Get the information by going to facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins to check it out. We will leave a link in the show notes. And yes, it is taped live. So what we do is we do not edit it at all. Whatever happens during the live taping, all my mistakes are all out there. So if you listen to the audio on whatever channel you listen to podcasts on, whatever app you listen to podcasts on, please be forgiving, laugh with us, learn from us. And most of all, just join us for the fun. We really would love to have you. And with that, everyone can learn something from Maria Aspen's book, Startup Money Made Easy. So please check out the book. Big thanks to Maria Aspen for helping us all get one step closer to being financial grownups. Thanks, guys. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.